Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the podcast you name later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. He's Jared Krugar. I am Alex Stump. Jared, football season's over for man, isn't it? Football season's over. Friday night, first day of practice for girls basketball uh, and winter sports. It's one sport to another. I love it. I hate it. It feels amazing. I'm tired. And yet we're here to talk about baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I should bring that up because the last couple episodes, you know, just for Jared's peace of mind, we've recorded a lot of them on like Thursday night because he's going to be coaching, you know, a high school football game Friday. There's not a whole lot going on, but there was a lot going on Friday night, which is why it's nice we can do this. We could actually talk about the Pirates roster decisions. Friday night was the last night to add prospects to the 40 man roster to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. They chose four. Louis Verpiguero, that was an absolute no-brainer. Travis Swaggerty, another must-add. And then the other two that they chose were Kanan Smith and Ajigba and Jack Sawinski. No Mason Martin, no Tanaj Thomas, no Cody Bolton, no Eddie Yeen, no Yeri De Los Santos, no Hunter Stratton. There, we could go through a long list of good players that are in this mix that are going to be available now for other teams to steal. Yeah. I mean, and, and the guy that you, I don't think you mentioned there, and if you did, I just really wasn't paying attention to you, which is typical uh, was Cal Mitchell and Cal uh, Mitchell. You're right. I mean, they took three outfielders. Um, Piguero, uh, right. was a no brainer. Swaggerty, no brainer. Um, but Sawinski and, and Smith and Jigba, I thought were, you know, Okay, let's see what happens. Those are guys that they acquired via trade um, because, or, and actually, you know, Swaggart is the only homegrown prospect on that list. Yeah. Right. And I think that's something that says something too. Um, now, Mason Martin, you could give, you could go either way. First baseman in the Rule Five draft typically don't always pan out, um, just because if you think about a lot of it, the first baseman for a certain team, most teams are pretty well established in Pittsburgh. You have what could potentially be Yoshi Satsugo. Should he resign with the pirates and you have the legend that is Colin Moran. Um, so that's, you know, do you really want to have 
two, potentially three first basemen on your roster, even if it is the 40 man. Um, you know, that's a, that's something too, but you know what? And, and Ben Charrington, they trust. So obviously they saw something, you know, Smith and Jigba, I think is having a really good, um, he's having a great Arizona fall league, had a good season. He was, yeah. he was a little banged up for Altoona this year. Um, and Indianapolis, he, he made that jump at the end of the season. Um, so Winsky comes over and the Adam Fraser trade, you know, and, and adapts pretty well. So, you know, it's a double a, let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I wrote about the outfield situation whenever it comes to the prospects and how Swaggerty was the absolute no brainer, but then between Mitchell and Smith, the and so and of that trio, I, I, I would say Ikeda was my first choice out of those well, out no, of confidence there. Yeah, and I think that the I think the thing also you have to take into account is these guys were acquired, so they were acquired for a yeah. reason. They're not going to be given up easily. If you're going to give somebody up, they want something for them. But they went out and sought after Jack Sawinski. They sought after um, Kane and Smith and Jigba. So. They want them in the organization, whether that means they want them in Indy, Pittsburgh, Greensboro, Bradenton, the Dominican, they want them in the organization somewhere. And this was the only way to guarantee that happening moving forward. Yeah, I, I actually asked Ben that during the uh, Zoom call after these announcements were made, like, hey, you gave up major league talent to get, you know, these young players. Did that play a decision into how you get them because they came in the three big trades that he's made, you know, in the big trade windows. Uh, Piguero came over in the Starling Marte trade in the 2019 offseason. Kane came over in the Jameson Tyon trade in 2020. Uh, Swinski came over in the Adam Frazier trade, which was the mm-hmm. big trade deadline deal yeah. this year. So that was bam, bam, bam. One of the big players from each, if not the big player from each, he said, no, that didn't play a, a factor into it, but it's. I don't know about that. hard to ignore that a lot of the guys who were passed over were players that he inherited. Yeah. And, and, and like I, like we just said, they, they got those guys for a reason. So I think, and I, what Ben Charrington, I think it says makes sense, but I think let's be real in the back of his mind. Hey, we want these guys. We, they sent us these guys for a reason this is why they are protected. And of course, it wouldn't sound great if he says, we went out, got these guys, we want to guarantee they're on the roster over anybody else. Because they do value, I think, everybody being equal and, and really the, the, the family aspect of the organization. But let's, let's call a spade a spade. They went after them. They wanted them. There's a reason why they're still here, and they didn't want to leave them vulnerable. Yeah, because that's – not to say that Starling Marte was or Pagaro had any chance of being left unprotected, but if he did for whatever reason, that Starling Marte trade looks a whole lot thinner right now by extension. Not that I think Eddie Yeen is going to be selected in it, but, but if by sl- some chance that he is now that Josh Bell trade looks a lot worse because it ends up effectively being, Will Crow for Josh Bell straight oh, up. Ugh, ugh, that sounds awful. Which honestly, still right now, it could end up being, you know, Will Crow for Josh right. Bell straight up because Eddie Yeen had a pretty eh year in, in low way. 
and just because they are vulnerable doesn't mean they're going to be selected. Let's be real here, too. No. Just and if because, they're selected, that doesn't mean they're not going to be returned. Exactly, because they have to be on the roster for the entire season, the major league roster. So, hey, anything is possible. But, I mean, this gives this gives you a, a, a kind of a look at what ben, ben Charrington is trying to do. You know, obviously, infield depth is a big thing. Outfield depth is something that the Pirates have struggled at or struggled with. Uh, in recent memory. So, you know, Swaggerty, we talk about this at length multiple times this year. If he doesn't have that shoulder injury and miss the season. He's already on the team. Yeah. yeah, the outfield is a completely different situation. And this isn't even an issue. Yeah. I mean, next year they aren't going to be, you know, claiming every Kaye Tom who comes on the roster or comes up on the waiver wire. Right. It's so not there, gonna there's not going to be any anymore. of that. Yeah. It was like a who's who of who are you this year? Yeah. Um, who, who, who's who or who cares? Which one do you want? Um, I'm going to go who's who. Uh, because right, at one polite. point, Well, yeah, but at one point, you know, it's personal for me. I was in the 2013 edition of who's who in American colleges and universities. Um, that's my claim to fame. That'll be on my tombstone someday. But let's take a quick break because it wasn't just rosters that were talked about this week. It was award season in Major League Baseball, um, and you might not have even known because Major League Baseball didn't even promote it, but we'll talk about that here after the break. podcast for young bucks or any other podcast that alex and i have been on i so, saw the the loading circle start I going had, over your head I had, I had the rainbow wheel of death in my going on in my brain there um for quite some time and i think alex might have thought that my computer had frozen but i was just frozen and thought which really really hurts at times but alex it's award season of course major league Baseball it was did a terrible job of promoting it and announcing it but hey, it's Rob Manfred's world, and well, he's really the only one living in it. Um, but you had the opportunity to vote for one of the postseason awards this year. What was it? And tell me what you even voted. I voted for Rookie of the Year. It's the first time that I've had a BBWAA vote. I, I've joked in the past, like one of my big career goals is to eventually one day vote for the Hall of Fame a long way through because. I would like to go to Cooperstown the year before I get that first ballot and be like, yep, I'm going to start ruining this place next year. Well, I ruined rookie of the year a little bit this year. And actually I did a, a tiny bit because I, I sure I'm going to be accused of some homerism before, but my ballot went uh, Jonathan India at one Trevor Rogers at two. And I'll be honest. I still don't know if I made, the right call for that. I really like Rodgers, and I feel like if he would have had like two more starts, he missed a good chunk of this season. If he would have had like two more starts, I would have flipped my vote over for him. And then for third, I had David Bednar. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. A little homer there, Alex. I, I, I'm sure I get a little bit, but you know. But it makes sense. He did a great yeah. job. He did yeah. a great job. He wasn't expected to make the team out of camp. He did, and then he ended up being a pivotal player in the back end of that bullpen for 
all for the entire season, eventually becoming the closer when Richard Rodriguez got sent to the eventual world champions, uh, world champions Braves. See, that's the thing. He never really did become the closer in title. Well, not even really in title or anything. Like he pitched the eighth, you know, even most of the way down the stretch, he didn't, he only got a few save opportunities, which is why I feel like if he would have picked up, you know, 10 or 15 saves, he might've actually gotten a couple more votes and I wouldn't have been, you know, the only one to, to throw him on a ballot. And that's a good thing. That's a good way to look at it too, because I think, you know, in a lot of these positions, you're looking at the roles of these players, especially like Cy Young um, and, and other things too. It's like, what's the situation that they come in? Because certain times, you know, if you're, a, if you're a starting pitcher, your innings and ERA and everything are going to be elevated compared to, you know, say a reliever or, well, I guess the relievers ERA is going to be elevated over um, that because there's less of a margin of error, but a lot of the situation dictates really their performance. Am I right? Yeah, the performance and I I like using win probability added whenever it comes to relief pitching. It's a very straightforward. Your team comes in with a seventy five percent chance to win whenever you enter the inning. They have an eighty percent chance to win after you leave. You know, if you do well, that's point zero five over the course of this season. Put that in there. It's cumulative. David Bednard led all National League rookies in that category. All National League pitchers and win probability, win probability added, not just relievers, starters also. Second among all National League rookies, including position players. Tied Frank Schwindel, who was just a, a weird, odd case in, in Chicago this year. And someone that I'll admit I, I did give a little uh, consideration to for that third place vote. I don't know. This was a very clear cut. It was going to be Indian Rogers, no matter what for the top two is just a matter of what position. And then there is a third. I know Dylan Carlson of the Cardinals really got a lot of love, you know, made a nice push there, but I, I, I don't know. I felt like Bednar deserves some sort of recognition and it's kind of ironic for me because the guy that if I didn't vote for him, that I would have put for third uh, was Edmundo Sosa of the Cardinals who didn't get any votes at all either. So I guess I just, <laughs> I wasn't falling in line, nothing against Dylan Carlson. He had a really good season, but it just wasn't well, what I was looking for. It's the thing too. It, what's tough is you see these players all year. You see them for 162 games a year. You only see those and the other NL players when they're in town or you're in their town. So yeah. it's not necessarily easy to evaluate um per se but it does give you a little bit different of, of an of an outlook because you see bednar go out there in the eighth inning in, in those high leverage situations other people aren't seeing that they aren't seeing how the game has unfolded to that point they just go out see a stat line and go from there but let's be real the rookie of the year wasn't just the only award handed out it was the only award that you happened to vote for yeah, that's true. And to, and to touch on your second point, I think that's what really hurt someone like Brian Reynolds, a candidacy, who he finished, I believe, 11th for a National League Rookie of the Year, never appeared higher than seventh on a ballot. Not saying he deserved a top one, top three, or maybe even a top five vote, but 11th just seems kind of eh for he had a really good season a really 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 good season he had a really good season but he played for a really really bad team 
that shouldn't matter for this though. I'm sorry. Right. I, I'm I'm willing because- to give bonus points for you know if a, a team if someone plays for a contender and if it's like really close they're like okay this guy gets a first place vote or he gets a second over a third or something like that we really overestimate some of the austin riley mvp vote talks it's like that's the stupidest thing you guys have said in a while well i mean you look at the nl nl mvp well you look at actually honestly the two mvp winners right you have shohei otani yeah Absolutely, hundred percent. Most valuable not even player. a question. Probably in in all of Major League Baseball, right? I'm stealing this from Foolish Baseball, but he's like, if Otani had like a a 780 OPS and like a 370 ERA, he still should have been the like literally most valuable player in baseball. This dude slashed 257, 372, 592 with 46 homers, 100 RBIs, 103 runs, 26 stolen bases. That's the amazing part for me. And that's just <laughs> that's just the hitting part, right? Yeah. He went nine and two as a starter with a 318 ERA, 156 Ks, and 130 in the third innings. That's just that's simply incredible. That's out of this world. The Angels are awful. Yeah. Terrible. Bryce Harper, the NL MVP, uh, slash 309, 429, 615, 35 homers, 84 RBIs, uh, had 179 OPS plus. The Phillies, two games above 500, not a great team. But, you know, Brian Reynolds says, you know, I think he had a really good season. Uh, But again, you know, the Pirates aren't getting – a huge draw, right? They're not getting all the, any much attention from anybody rather than the people that show up every day and the people that are in the press box every day. So, I mean, that's tough too. Um, you know, we talk about this all the time in, in college football because obviously they rank everybody every week and you have all these awards. It's almost impossible to keep track on every player on every team throughout the country. Um, but, you know, and sometimes people throw, throw, darts at the wall and they don't stick but you know i i harper but when you look at the most valuable player you're looking at i think the most valuable player for every team and then you expand that to say okay who was the best player out of those in the entire league otani 100 the the fact that they even had to vote on a runner-up is whatever um harper you know hey good for him that's his second i believe um and yeah you know, a, a, a lone bright spot in Philly sports this year. Bryce Harper. I, I It's amazing with him. I, I don't know. This is just a tangential thought, but is there ever going to be a more underwhelming Hall of Famer than Bryce Harper? I, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's like he's because- now a two-time MVP. He's led the league in basically every offensive category at least once. He's he's done everything right and it's just a okay well congrats nothing really was yeah it's kind of just like by trout the entire time yeah it's kind of been like yeah okay well bryce harper won again and it's not like gonna like like we were excited to talk about shohei otani talking about his statistics are like they are just out of this world to me a harper who had a you know statistically better slash line um MLB best OPS plus. Oh, okay. Well, good for Bryce Harper. All right, moving on. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of been Bryce Harper is the entire his entire career. 
And and he also took a 97 mile per hour ball off the face this year. So team player, NL MVP, good for him. Well-deserved. Um, let's move on to the Cy Young, uh, you know, and NL Cy Young winners from the, M, uh, the NL Central Corbin Burns, uh, league leader in ERA 243, strikeout rate 35.6%, strikeout to walk ratio 6.88, uh, FIP 163, and barrel rate. 2.9%. So that, that isn't, first of all, those are some advanced statistics. The nerd alert is going off in my head, kind of like that click, that click wheel I had earlier at the start of the segment. But the fact that he's hitting barrels 2.9% of the time is absolutely incredible because as a pitcher, your, your goal is to avoid the barrel. So that to me is, you know, that's a dominant season. Um, and that's, that's Milwaukee's first uh, Cy Young in 39 years. Yeah. Neither of us were thought of at that point in time. No, no, we were not. Uh, I would have voted for Wheeler, though, just because Wheeler gave you 40 extra innings, you know, almost 50 extra innings of more or less the same ERA. It's a little higher. Mm-hmm. It's, it's whatever, but it, like, it, it turns out to be like 50 extra innings of like 3.05 ERA. And it's like, we can't pretend that's not inherently valuable for itself. Like Corbett Burns was a strikeout artist. I, I'm not going to get as mad about it as some people on the Twitter did, but it, it was one of those, there comes a tipping point. There comes a tipping point where you compare like a Tyler Anderson to a Corbin Burns. It's like, Oh, Tyler Anderson threw 40, 30 more innings and gave up 30 more runs. Those weren't good. innings. <laughs> like that's, I, I get that appeal of, or that argument of like the any eaters. Oh, you know, that's, that's the curse. But I, I feel like maybe we are starting to underestimate innings pitched, especially, you know, post pandemic and how valuable that is. Right. I mean, that, Hey, he threw 167 innings. Um, he missed two weeks earlier in the season. Uh, because of COVID, but you know, hey, the, this the, and it's again, it's, it's a, the situation, right? The Brewers rolled with the six-man rotation, so of course Burns isn't going to get as many innings as he typically would in a regular five-man uh, rotation. Brewers bullpen was pretty solid, um, and it worked out for the Brewers. It worked out for the team, you know. And and Wheeler had a great year too. And, and that's good. This is a close vote. It was, you know, I think 10 points. Um, and then Scherzer wasn't very far behind either of them either um, for hit the, for the season that he had. So, I mean, you want competition, you know, it's as cool as landslides are uh, for, for the guys involved, you know, close ones are good too. And it creates great conversation. And then you look at the AL Cy Young, uh, Robbie Ray won. He was uh, for the Blue Jays. 248 strikeouts. He led the majors, the AL ERA at 284, um, 193 and a third innings pitched, you know, and he's the first person in Toronto to win the award, uh, the award since Roy Halladay in 2003. So, I mean, you can make a word for Wheeler should have won at the AL, but unfortunately that's not how that works. One last thought on innings pitch, Jared. Who led the Pirates in innings pitched this year, and how many innings did they throw? Uh, 
That's a good question, Alex. That's a very, very good question. I'll give you a hint. Tyler Anderson was third, even though he wasn't on the team for two months. <laughs> That's not good at all. Um, let me think here. The wheels are turning. Not good. Um, it's got to be Will Crow, right? Will Crow was second. Will Crow was second. JT Brubaker. Okay. JT Brubaker. That makes sense. With I, how many innings? Uh, 160. Lower. Here, I'm going to help you out here. Over under 125. Under. Yeah. yeah. 124 and a third. So oh, loaded deck. That's, <laughs> hey, and that's not a lot of innings. Although there are a lot of Pirates pitchers that didn't make it out of the fourth or fifth inning. So that actually kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we talked about Rookie of the Year, MVP, Cy Young, uh, ALNL Manager of the Year. The good news for Kevin Cash is that he didn't have to overmanage uh, in the World Series this year because they just, <laughs> no, <laughs> got to make it there first. I'm, uh, I'm going to stand by it. That was the right call. It was the wrong pitcher. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, but, I mean, I think that, I mean, it, it, to win in the AL East is, is great. Uh, Low-budget team like the Rays. Gabe Kapler was the NL manager. What are your thoughts on that, Alex? I mean, it, it, two no-brainers throughout it all. I mean, Gabe Kapler took a roster that was a combined 1,804 years old, won 107 games with it. <laughs> Kevin Cash is the best manager in baseball, period. Oh, without Challenge, a doubt. Challenged only uh, by Craig Council. Council would have been my second place vote if I had that for NL and two no brainers. Yeah. I mean, Kapler has done a really good job coaching um, and, and making that transition from player to coach um, because that's not always an easy transition. Uh, and that's, I think, you know, that's something to, to really take note of. And, you know, that team, if, I feel like on that roster, he was one of the younger guys and he was the manager. <laughs> for as old as the as the Giants were and you know you win 107 games you're doing something right and coming into the season I don't think anybody expected the Giants to be that good um and ultimately you know they they fell in the playoffs but you know that was a team that really turned some heads yeah I mean that was they're the reason why Atlanta won the World Series this year because they killed the Dodgers for them the Dodgers (laughs) Slayers they not only Beat the well, they, they wore them down. They that, took, that was a battered the, team. By they the took time. the division from them. They took. They pillaged them. They just took yeah. everything. They killed Max Scherzer in yeah. that series. It was. That's that's really what it was there. So so yeah, the moral of the story is I got my first vote and I voted for someone no one else did. So I I I'm I'm never gonna be asked to vote again. That's right. So it'll be the first year and the last year. But Alex, it's. I know it's really early. It's still November of 2021. Give me your prediction for MVP. Oh my uh, God! Next year, uh, Otani and Soto. Cheater, not fair. Um, I I agree. I love watching Soto play. Um, Soto Soto is our generation's Ted Williams. I also like I also like Ronald Acuna. Um, I think he's going to have an incredible mm-hmm. bounce back year. It's a shame that we didn't get to see him play in the World Series because, you know. You're, the old heads in this game don't want to see players have fun, but that Braves team when he was playing and, and even the rest of the season, they had fun. They did it the right way. And 
you know, and the same thing with the Padres at times too, you know, they had a little bit of flair for the dramatic, but you know, the, the results backed it up and they were fun to watch. The, the players are performing. Of course the results didn't end up happening the rest of the season, um, for the San Padres. Diego, but yeah, not every um, romance story ends, ends in a good form. No, sometimes it ends up with you firing your manager. Yeah, divorces are always tough. But speaking of divorce, we're going to break up with this segment and come back for the third and final segment of Bad Segways, Bad Commentary on the Pirates Podcast to be named later on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast. podcast to be named later we got a little more show to go jared I, I couldn't help but notice you called it you called it fip instead of fip uh, listen it's it's the fip if you don't know me um but oh it's we're going off the rails again listen fip fip it all means the same oh no 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 i get that i get that like this was a twitter debate not that long ago it's like OPS or ops? It's like, well, I'm not a sociopath, so I say OPS. Right. Uh, I, I I say WOBA. I say FIP. I put X WOBA like, because you can't go WOBA, I guess. But the ones that I, I tend to say them more than I spell them out, I guess, is the... I think certain ones I spell out, you know, ERA, we don't say era for ERA. No, no, I guess I should say we're talking more analytical because RBI is just so ingrained into our brains. It's insane in the membrane, Alex. Yeah. I don't know. I just found that interesting. Maybe we'll get a couple comments out of that. Yeah. Why the, why the hell do they let these people talk about baseball? Alex, well, what else look, is on your mind? We talked, we talked awards, we talked about rosters. What else is on your mind on this beautiful November day? You were wait, you were just in Bradenton, so talk, let's talk about that. Oh yeah, yeah, I was at the Get Better at Baseball camp. Which did you get better at baseball writing? Was that part uh, of the camp too? There, there should be a Get Better at Baseball writing camp. I'd go to that. It's a whole goal to keep getting better. No, um, it, it was an interesting experience. I mean, I, I, I wrote some of the stuff. I, I put, did some video of it. There were some funky drills going on there. Like, we, I showed the glasses, how they would flash coming in. So you have to anticipate, you know, how pitch is going to break, where it's going to be location-wise. Really work on pitch identification. You saw Pagero start on the outside part of the batter's box, take a big step in and then do a stride uh, weight balance drill. A couple guys who were on cushions while they swung, saw some drones flying around to get like different angles. There's just a whole lot of, it, it wasn't a normal instructional camp, I guess um, would be the short way of, of going about it. And, and not saying that, oh, it's different. That makes it automatically better. But it, it, it did look, different than what we normally would see the the thing that fascinates me the most in what you're saying is the drones because when you say drones you think of 
I don't know, just kind of fun recreational things. But I would imagine with this is without me being there. I didn't get the I, I wasn't invited down there uh, to the warmth of Florida, uh, like some people on this podcast. But when they use those drones, they're using it to film players. Is that correct? Yeah. So that's an that's a different angle than than what anybody would be used to. And I think that's a, a different analytical tool, because when you get a different view of a swing or a pitch uh, for maybe even overhead or from farther away, you know, that's a that's a neat and interesting way to get some more data to drive maybe a change here or a change there. Yeah, I mean, that's something not not saying Jones specifically, but getting that different angle of it was something that really worked for Matt Frazier in figuring out his contact point and getting it out in front more because you could actually visualize I'm really making contact deep. I need to make mm-hmm. contact out in front earlier. And it worked for Matt Frazier. He had that fantastic year and he's on the radar. And this time next year, we might be talking about how he was just added to the roster. No, that's a really good point. And, and I think that's one of the things that we're seeing from the Pirates uh, developmentally is just the, just the amount of raw data points and just different film, different everything that, that they're putting into this. They're pointing out all the stops, whether it's TrackMan, whether it's Repsoto, whether it's drones, whether it's beer goggles type things. They're doing everything they can to prepare these players and to steal their slogan, help them get better at baseball. You know what we should do? Get away from this podcast. Well, I was going to say get better at podcasting, but that works as well. So thank you for listening to the Pirates podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you find fine podcasts. Be sure to listen to the We Are podcast that Jared has and any other of the great shows that we have here on this network. Thank you so much for listening. Jared, looks like you got a final word. Something else you want to say? I got nothing, Alex. We'll talk to you guys again next week.